Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. All right, today we are looking at John Matone's laws, number five and number six. Let's take a look at these real quick. Law number five states the key to unlocking your massive potential is making the decision to be vulnerable. That's number five. Number six states you have the choice to either accept or reject feedback. However, if you reject feedback, you also reject the choice of acting in a way that may very well bring more abundant success and happiness to you and to your organization. So let's get started here. Uh, this is Rich and Michael with Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. ACT, ACT, that's what leaders do. We get on it, we do it, we just don't think about it, we don't get around to it one of these days. We are on it, we are doing doing it. And ACT is also an acronym which stands for and cultural transformation cultural training, transitioning, transformation. So there's this wonderful connection between leadership and culture. We talked about this before, that when we got great leadership, we got great culture. When we got great culture, that encourages great leadership. There's this great relationship that goes on and on that we want to perpetuate. That's what we do. We're executive coaches. And today, we're very fortunate to have John Burt, a great executive coach, great pedigree that he's going to bring to us. John, would you do us a great pleasure of giving us yours, me in 60 seconds elevator speech. Introduce yourself to the folks. Okay, great. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Michael. Thanks a lot for having me on the podcast today. Uh, my name is John Burt. I'm an executive leadership coach with ILEC, and I work with individual leaders as well as leadership teams to improve performance and, and develop cultures that drive results. I've been a business and an IT consultant for most of my career. I've, I work with a number of notable companies like IBM, PricewaterhouseCoopers, and Ernst & Young. And I've helped dozens of, of Fortune 100 companies in, in the industrial sector to, to solve some of their critical business issues and implement new strategies leveraging technology. Um, I'm most proud of my success in building and leading incredible teams and, and developing leaders. And um, you know, I've leveraged all of this experience in my uh, executive coaching business. That's great, that's fabulous. Thank you, it is really a pleasure to have you here today. Rich, let's get into this. What is what? Is, guess, let's start talking about the this this these laws a bit. Give us an intro here, would you? Okay, I think we're going to talk about both these laws. I think one at a time, but then we're going to time together to show how the synergies between the two laws uh, work. So let, let's talk about vulnerability right off the bat. Let's let's talk about vulnerability and, and define that just a little bit. I think there's. Um, a lot of misconceptions around what vulnerability really is, but vulnerability really is a willingness to show emotion and allow one's weakness to be seen or known, be transparent. Uh, 
that doesn't mean to be weak. It doesn't mean to give up on who you are. It simply means, you know, that, that allowing transparency, allowing others to work with you and, and help you uh, find that success. Um, so it's about being open to honesty, tr uh, trust. Um, that's really what the vulnerability decision is. And really it's the most important aspect of, of getting to the, the core of who you are as a leader. So, so John, um, before you go on, before you go on, I, I know everybody's thinking this, and then we'll get back to John. There is also, everybody knows that, everybody knows that, that this idea of vulnerability can also put us in a position of, of, of risk where we could be hurt or we could be attacked. I mean, that's a real thought. That's not like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, I'm going to share with, at the end of this podcast today, an example of that and how that's handled. A very inspiring uh, anecdote that I'll share with you, but but let's just lay that on the table. That's also right there. We know that. So what do we do with it? So, okay, go on, John. Thanks. All right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and thanks, Rich. It's really a great question. Uh, you know, I, when I look at older leaders that I work with, you know, they, they, they tend to operate in what I call the John Wayne model. And for, for those of you, maybe this is an old reference. I mean, there's a lot of like tough guy uh, types of, of, of leaders, right? And they all feel like they need to be the, the smartest person in the room and, and, and have all the answers. And, and unfortunately, I think that that model of leadership is is being replaced, and you know, and and more and more leaders are recognizing this this value of, of vulnerability. You know, what what vulnerability is is you know it's definitely not a weakness, right? It, it's not indecision or or a failure of leadership. Uh, I like to think of vulnerability as really being the the pinnacle or the you know really a demonstration of great leadership, right? It's it's a you know a true leader if somebody is able to recognize that they don't have all the answers, right? That they they're not the smartest person in the room, if you will, right? And they really look and reach out to to others um, to to get their insights, right? To help drive the ball forward, to help to help pursue the ultimate goal for the team. Okay, so that's great. I like that a lot. Thank you, John. So here's the deal: when we take a look at this idea of vulnerability, what is it not? Give us a little bit, Rich, of insight about what it is not. And also give us an idea of what kind of courage does it really take? Let's talk about this. Be honest about it. What kind of courage does it take to be vulnerable? You know, I, I like uh, what John said about the, the John Wayne approach. Um, you know, I, I guess back in the day in, in Hollywood, there, there's a story of John Wayne approaching uh, Kirk Douglas, who had taken a different role in the show that didn't really stand up to John Wayne's, I guess, approval of the tough guy thing. I, I guess he saw him at a party and basically said, dude, what are you thinking type thing? You know, what wh what are you going that way for? So really, um, vulnerability doesn't mean giving up who you are. doesn't mean giving up on yourself. It means allowing different tra traits to be uh, transparent, allow allowing yourself to be transparent and open to suggestions, open to other ideas, open to those people around you. Just because you have that title or you're in that leadership position doesn't mean you're the propeller head in the room. Like John said, you know, just because that you have that title doesn't mean you're the know-it-all. You have to be able to open yourself up and allow others in to help you get to that, that next level. And I think a lot of that, it's not about becoming soft. It really isn't. It's about opening up, being honest, being being transparent, 
And that doesn't mean being soft. You still have a goal. You still have res resolve. You got to keep that. So there's an interesting thing here and, and the trade-off, and we'll talk about it more in future broadcasts. Um, there's this idea, it, it feels a little bit, I think to some leaders, like I'm going to be jumping into the volcano when it's very active. It's hot lava and I'm going in there. And there's a certain amount of maybe beliefs or um, where you see yourself, you got to give up. You know, you got to be willing to say, I don't know it all, as you guys have talked about. I don't always have to be the one where it's always invented here. I don't always have to be the smart one. I don't always have to be the one that, that drives the whole thing. So vulnerability, John, I'm going to ask you about this. When we give that up and we're willing to now not only be vulnerable, we're willing to be altruistic in a lot of ways and courageous, this begins this process of unlocking, unlocking rather massive potential. What is massive potential? What is that unlocking all about? Well, absolutely, uh, Michael, and thank you. Right, you know, I think once you know, obviously, once the leader chooses and makes the decision to be vulnerable, right, they 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 develop this deep understanding that they don't have all the answers, and that that you know there may be other and maybe better answers out there. And I think that's where where it starts, right? When the teams that I've led, um, and and with my clients and talking to them about the teams that they're leading, you know, there's enormous potential in that team in terms of ideas and and. Uh, concepts and and insights that they can they can help. And once you open up as a leader and you and you start to invite that in, for, first of all, you start to with the transparency and uh, the ability to to take that input. Uh, you know, you you start to build trust with the team, right? And then they also um, trust you more, right? And and then there's a commitment that get, that gets developed. Uh, from the folks on your teams, uh, in terms of hey, listen, he's listening to me. The you know he's 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 you know trying to hear what what I think about this subject. Even if they even if you don't ultimately choose that person's idea, they feel like they're included, and I think that drives a lot more trust, a lot more commitment, um, but but also just the expansiveness of of some of the teams. I mean, I've just been I've always just been amazed in my career as I started to make that vulnerability decision and not having to be that that smart guy in the room all the time. How many brilliant people, <laughs> just my perspective, right? But the brilliant people I had working with me and all the great ideas. And, and then once I got comfortable with that, it was just explosive growth in terms of what my team could do. Interestingly enough, you don't anticipate this as a leader when you give that up. I mean, it's, it is a give up. But when you do it and you really do it, one of the things that you notice right off the bat is there's a great sense of relief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It's just, there's that. The other thing is all of a sudden, as you're talking about all these brilliant people and their ideas, there's that level of now ideas and exchanges that take place. And there's another level of camaraderie that mm -hmm. starts developing this association yeah. with each other. That's not protecting, you know, you know, my territory, your territory, that territory. All of a sudden, as we let that down, we start finding out about each other. We mm -hmm. start learning about each other. We, there's this sense of relationship that starts. And that's really, when you really take a look at that, that's when the trust starts happening, synergy starts happening, some great, great things start to happen just because we let that down. Give us some more ideas on that, Rich. Do you have some, do you want to share with us on that? On the feedback? Yeah. You know, feedback can be one of the hardest things you can get. Because it opens up your weaknesses, it opens up that you know you're looking in a mirror that you may not have wanted to look into, and so you know, when we talk about success, when we talk about abundance, define that for me. You know, what's personal success? 
you know, I think we need to turn that around that it, it needs to be as a leader, you need to, it's got to be organizational success. Your success comes from the organizational success as a leader. So we, I think, I think we need to understand what, that when coaches come in and where we're getting this kind of feedback, it's coming with love. It really is. It's coming with a sense of wanting to help that individual or help you get to the next level. And sometimes you know, you've got to break down barriers to get to that next level. And so that feedback, you know, can do that. And if it's done properly, if it's done with love, you know, it's gonna it's gonna help you go a long ways. If you choose to reject that feedback, you know, you could be giving up on a lot of opportunities and not only that, opportunities for your organization. Organizational success and the people around you, they all succeed and, and find this abundance in, you know, could be with additional customers, uh, additional growth in the organization, uh, a, a kinder, better workplace. I should, you know, I, I don't know if kinder, kinder is the right word, but you know what I'm saying? A, a better place to be with your 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 team, where it's you're working all to one's goal. But I I think you, you know it's it all comes back to that vulnerability decision. Are you going to be trying? Are you going to be willing to accept that feedback? Are you going to will be? Un, do you understand where that feedback is coming from? And feedback's not always easy to take. You know, it's interesting. I've got some friends that have been uh, special ops guys. They're interesting people. Uh, they can be the gentlest souls in the world, in all honesty. And yet they can turn on a dime and all of a sudden they are that person that's going to take out that guy, that person that's the real threat. They're very, very interesting people to deal with. And this idea of, of as, as a team working together, they, they work in the most brutal of situations, the most life and death situations. And yet their ability to work as a team together almost seamlessly. And so you're talking about kind is what came to my mind. Are they kind? They are connected in a way of, of, of association, of relationship, of taking care of each other like nothing else. I mean, they're not fighting like they say, you know, for the, for the homeland, you might say. They're fighting for each other. And there's a kind of thoughtfulness that is very powerful. There was an example I'll get really, really quick that uh, they were out, this one troop was out of patrol and they, they got and got an, an ambush. And all of a sudden there was this very strong smell of urine. And one of the guys had just, you know, lost it and just let it go. And the, the, the smell of urine was so strong that when they said, okay, this is not good. The problem here is not just you and us being safe. You're gonna get dehydrated. Get some water, the guy said, get some water or dehydrated. Cause if you don't get hydrated, you're not going to be in the shot here. You're not going to be part of what we're doing here. So it's that kind of consideration, that kind of immediacy of taking care of each other that's so very important. Let's talk about this idea of abundance. Give us some ideas about what this abundance is all about and the decision to do that so that leads to this outcome of abundance. Who'd like to talk about that? John, you want to talk about that? Yeah, you know, certainly. I think that with... Um, you know, with regard to gaining abundance, and the reason why I've written a lot about this this, this law and, and, and spoken about it is that I really believe that, that feedback is a gift, right? It, it, for you to get true feedback from somebody, right? Un, unvarnished feedback is, is one of the hardest things, I think, uh, first of all, to, to elicit from people, but also then sometimes to, to receive and to process and to, to deal with it, right? But, you know, you know first of all, if, if, you're, if you're asking for somebody, you know, and they're, and they're always giving you positive 
positive things, you're probably not hitting the mark, right? I mean, it, honestly, it, you know, love positive feedback, but sometimes having more critical feedback is where you wind up growing. So first of all, having the trust, as you were talking about the trust amongst the team members, that they trust you, that they know that you're not going to use it against them, that that you're not going to, there's no retribution involved in it is, is really a tricky dribble, right? You've got to get people to willing to share with you the feedback and then just they, they will see you in, in their, in your actions, trying to incorporate that and to, um, to, 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 to uh, pivot, if you will, based upon the feedback. And I think that's where you start to see the abundance. It's a, it's a synergistic process, uh, Michael, that, you know, people will give you feedback. You, 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 you know, thank them for it. You incorporate it. They see it as part of um, you're incorporating it into the, your, your your work style, your leadership style. They wind up wanting to share more with you. They're more committed. There's more trust. And I think that's where the abundance comes from is you get to exponential um, benefits of, of seeking the feedback and, and allowing yourself to, to accept it and to process it. Yeah, some great things come out of that. You for the leader. The people that you work with, you start, you know, modeling a whole new way of communication and working together. And then, of course, the culture benefits by it greatly as well. What are your thoughts? Thank you, John. What, what are your thoughts on that, Rich? You know, I John brings a good point on on how feedback is delivered. It really is. You know, bear with me for a minute. I mean, it's, it's human nature. If you're, say, for example, you're in a room with somebody and there's a great big painting on a wall. And you're trying to point out something on the painting and they're not getting it and you grab them by the sides of the head and point them. This is what I want you to look at. They're going to fight you. They're going to take to fight you. But if you take them and you walk them through what you're trying to show them and show them, point out this thing on this, this, this painting, they're going to follow you. And it's the same thing with feedback. You know, if you come at somebody, you know, y'all suck, you know, don't, don't quit your day gig type thing. And that's the feedback you're going to give somebody versus, you know, I think you did great, but this is where I, I see, you know, you can improve, um, you know, that kind of feedback. And it's all done if, if it's done with love and understanding and pointing them in the right direction. You know, it's, it's just like John said, that's where a lot of that abundance comes from. You start building that rapport and then the abundance comes from that. Let me share with you something that I mentioned earlier in the podcast here. I was with a group, there was a group, there was a sales group, and they brought in another sales group from the outside. So there was a team that was already in-house, and then they brought this new team that was already existent into this. And um, the team that was already in-house, he, he was like the image guy, right? You know, the shirt, the tie, everything just exactly right, the hair's all in place, all image, you know, all ego. The guy that led our team that we that was brought into it. Very down-to-earth guy, very, very real kind of a guy. Just tell, I'm going to tell it the way that it is. And there was this tension between these two leaders. And the guy, the image guy, you could just see him, you know, day after day, get a little bit more tight, a little bit more upset, a little bit more just, you know, just wait. And at some point, he said to the, the guy that was that headed my team, we got to talk. we got to talk. And so the two of them went into a room, and it was a glass. You could, you could see through this thing. You could see through <laughs> And this guy, and so this guy's standing here. My buddy is leaning against, just sitting against a desk, just listening. And this guy unloads, and he unloads, and he unloads. This goes on for like 10, 15 minutes. You keep thinking, it's going to end soon. It's going to end. It doesn't. And it goes on and on and on. And my buddy's just leaning against the desk. He starts to stand up. Then he sits back down. He's nodding his head. Okay. And it goes back and forth. And this guy just unloads and loads and loads. My buddy says, okay, 
when he finally runs out of gas, my buddy stands up, puts his arm around the guy and says, says a few words. I don't know what it was. They walked out of that office together and said, you know, we just had a great conversation and we're going to do some things a little bit differently. But I just want everybody to know we're okay. We're fine. It's going to be just great. So that's all we're going to say about it. And he moved on just completely unflustered. Yes. Just had that ability to, to take it and take it. Never was like beat down. Never was, you know, felt like he was treated badly. It was just like, he's just that guy that could take it and then turn it around to make it into something really good. That my friends is a powerful leader. And he was, he was a great, great leader. All right, let's wrap this up here. John, somebody wants to get a hold of you. They want to have that critical conversation with John. How can I take it up to the next level? How can you help me get it to where I want to go? How do they get a hold of you? What do they do? All right. Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. And and I hope all the listeners have really learned something today and, and we're inspired to take the next next step. Uh, if you want to reach me, the, probably the better two different ways, uh, best ways to get a hold of me. One is through my website. And that's at johnbert.intelligentleadershipec.com. I know that's a mouthful, uh, but you can also call me at uh, 720-235-9370. All right. Outstanding. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. It's great. We'll have you back again. Hopefully you will come back. Thank you. All right, Rich, take it out for us. All right, John, once again, thank you very much. And I'll add your contact information um, on the notes after. But if, if you have anything you want to, any comments, suggestions, or something you want to hear in a future podcast, mainlineleadersact at gmail.com. That's mainlineleadersact at gmail.com or richbaron.intelligentleadershipec.com. And again, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. And uh, we got a lot of good things coming up. Um, once again, thank you for being here today and be safe and take care. All right. All the best thank to you. everyone. Bye-bye. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbaronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.